is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Hey, Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Let's start things out by going right into the phone calls and talk to Blake in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live, Blake. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Great. What's on your mind? Well, I was listening to the uh, Dan Carlin podcast, and he proposed an interesting question that I wanted to ask you guys. Okay, sure. Um, What is something that you fundamentally believed was wrong? I'll put this in a context uh, for you guys. Uh, What if a tiny amount of coercive force was better for humanity? And whatever burden of proof you would require for you guys to prove that, how would that change your worldview and... Or would you even accept it? Well, it would certainly change uh, my worldview, but considering that my worldview is based on the principle that initiating force is always wrong in every single instance, um, would it be somehow possible to prove otherwise? I, that's hard to imagine because I can't uh, can't even fathom what that uh, what that possibly could be. It would be a utilitarian, in some way, violation of that principle. And uh, it seems to me that from all of the uh, from all of the research that I've done into the principle and the the you know understanding the concepts of liberty that there is no turning back from this particular viewpoint. Um, I'd be interested to hear someone's hypothesis or proposal. My principle. Not, oh, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say I'm not actually proposing it. I'm just it's just a good hypothetical. Like you know maybe not even actual course force. Maybe just an arbitrary uh, theoretical threat of it will just keep people in line. I'm not proposing this. I'm just, uh, that was an interesting discussion. Yeah, um, my principle is different than Ian's. I, I really... Oh, you don't have one. I go by the golden rule, which is, um, you know, I would want to do to other people as they would, as I would want them to do to me. And so therefore, yes, uh, you know, in short, if uh, a little bit of course of force was what it took to uh, make, you know, make things work the best. Um, you know, if that's what works the best, then I'm for it. I don't believe government works the best. Government works poorly, so that's why I'm against it. So now, Mark, do you believe in self-defense? Of course I do. So then in that case, if you were to initiate that force on someone, and I'm not really sure in what area you're referring to, but... Let's talk about roads. If you were to initiate force on someone and they decided to defend themselves, they would be justified in defending themselves? Absolutely. Okay. I, I would want to be able to defend myself in that circumstance. Just, I'm just checking, because if you're saying it's okay to initiate force, I just want to make sure it's okay for someone to uh, return that in kind. Uh, well, that's what governments are. Governments are uh, bodies that uh, are very difficult to uh, you know, use force against. That's true. Julia, did you want to chime in here? Well, I guess I would feel, I mean, I've, I've had different beliefs throughout the years, and, and they've sort of evolved and changed, so I've been wrong and found out that I was wrong in the past and I imagine I would feel similar and just my viewpoint would change. I think someone who had uh, the viewpoint of that it's wrong to initiate force on others who were to somehow turn away from that view have some issue come up that you know I don't know abortion or something like that where they feel as though they must uh, initiate force in order to change the world in the way that they think is best, or, you know, in order to get someone to behave in the way that they think they should behave, is, uh, that shows a lot of hubris, and I think it's, uh, it's just despicable, personally, uh, that particular viewpoint. So, no, I can't really see myself ever turning away from, uh, from the viewpoint of liberty. There, there couldn't possibly be anything that would, 
that would modify that particular view because it's just so powerful and it's so critical uh, to who I am as a person. I don't know if I've answered your question effectively. Uh, I believe so. Um, once again, I'm not I'm not proposing that this is good or moral, but if I think if it was better for humanity, if humanity functioned better as a result. But that's of it, your opinion. I mean, if I'm not not I'm not saying you're taking that position, but presuming you were, that would be your opinion. That oh well, humanity would work better if we just stopped people from taking drugs. Maybe that's true. It may be true, but then you're enforcing your will on others at the point and of a gun. We're not stopping people from taking drugs, though. I mean, that's, that's that the other too. thing, is that it fails every but it's, time. Right, well, it's a utopian vision. You know, oh, if only everyone were to behave in the way I think they should behave, humanity would be better off. I mean, do I believe that to be the case? I mean, we talk about saving money on this show, for instance. Do I think that humanity would be better off if they understood the principles of savings and debt and, you know, why you shouldn't get into debt if you can avoid it and all of those other pr- common sense understandings? Yeah, humanity would definitely be better off. But is it right in some way to force people to save? If, it's, if so, then you must support Social Security because that's the idea behind that program. And so it's just... Again, it's just trying to impose one's vision on others uh, at the point of a gun, and I don't see how that could ever be argued. Uh, in I, I don't see how I could ever be brought around to understanding that view and be, uh, or I, I guess I understand it, but be brought around to be in favor of it, in favor of uh, pointing weapons and uh, at uh, at others, at my neighbors and my friends, and and threatening them. <laughs> Ian's a liberty zealot. I'm totally. It's totally anathema to to who I am. Well, uh, I have to agree that it would take a high burden of proof for, to bring me around to that. But if if it was you know scientifically verifiable or you know some whatever the burden of proof would would be, I guess I would have to come around to it because I would just just a humanitarian in me would want to see people better off. But I don't see that ever happening. But it's not. But but you are even if you could prove, and I think it could be proven that people saving for their future is a good thing, and that you know humanity would be better off as a result of that. You are destroying uh, the whole concept of being humane by forcing them to do that. So you're just you're gutting yourself before you even you can even get to that uh, utopian destination. I hope that makes it's sense. A good, it's a it's a good point. It's an interesting point. Um, once again. Uh, I don't want to come across as a you know some jerk. You want to use coercive force and everybody. No, no, no. It, it's it's an intellectual discussion, and I and I totally appreciate you bringing it up, and I, I hope that we've answered it succinctly for you. And thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You can't be humane to others by being inhumane in the first place, and by forcing them to behave or do things that you want them to do or think in the way that you want them to think. That's inhumane. You're not respecting their choices as a free, sovereign individual. And that's what liberty is all about. You respect the rights of others to live their lives, even in self-destructive ways that you think are a bad choice, so that in turn, you have the right to live your life in any way that you choose. That's what it's, that's what it's all about. And as soon as you violate that, as soon as you take a step into the world of initiating force on others, then anything's game. Then their vision of the, uh, of the world, they may believe that, and I don't know if they, if they have evidence, but it won't matter because you've, you've validated that it's okay to use force to get your way as far as changing other people's behavior. Well, then what if they decide that they think it's just a terrible idea to save money and that everyone should go out and buy beer all weekend long and drink it, and now they're going to force you to go and do that with your free time? Uh, not to say that anyone would ever do that or that... Uh, weekend beer drinkers would ever be so motivated as to try to enforce that will on others, but it's just a, the point is, then we'd be right back to where we are today with different interest groups trying to use the tool of government, this violent tool, to enforce their viewpoint 
and their agenda on everyone else. So one group gets in control of government, in this case the Republicans, you know, they're in control. The Democrats were in control for a little while, now the Republicans are completely in control, and they're forcing they're their... They're not completely ag- in control anymore. Well, whatever, they're forcing their agenda down everyone's throat, and then eventually the tides will turn a little bit, and someone else will, for- will force their agenda down everyone's throat, and it's just a, a, a despicable cycle of violence that will never end until we can all come to the understanding that it needs to stop. Um, at what what age does this uh, does this kick in for you? I mean, um, like for instance, a a child uh, touching a sto- hot stove kind of thing. Could you reach out and grab their hand and pull it away from the stove, or is that initiating force? Because it seems like it would be to me. Uh, well, first of all, you, you wouldn't want. I mean, it, it's it's completely anathema to the concepts of liberty to reach out and grab their hand when what it is that they want to do with their life that's is reach pretty, out. Pit, to, that's a pretty uh, pitiful just, example. Okay, because fine. you're dealing would you, with would you uh, grab. You, well, let me uh, address it at least. Uh, you're dealing with a child who's in the home, the private property of his or her parents, and therefore they agree to live by the rules of the parents. One of those rules is you don't put yourself in danger; otherwise, we're going to take you out of that danger. Okay. Seems reasonable. What about a uh, person who's uh, blithely walk- walking along and has a uh, bus uh, barreling towards them, doesn't see it? Perhaps they're deaf. Um, and uh, would you, you know, it, it was all it would take from you as a flying tackle to get them out of the way of the bus. Would you not interfere in their life um, and what it is that they want to do, which is blithely walk along? That's what they're doing, right? Mm-hmm. Would you not do that? Is that initiating force? That's a fine question. Uh, 800-259-9231. Come back and talk about that. And talk to Dave in Ohio. Take your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. If you are someone who has uh, rejected the use of initiated force, is there some way you could be convinced to turn around and re-embrace initiated force more on the way this is free talk live this is free talk live it is your show and you can take control of the airwaves toll free at 1-800-259-9231 the SACL cai toll free line it is ian here with you and julia and mark 800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com features for free so enjoy those on us, including the bulletin board system. We've got over 300,000 posts. A lot to talk about there. Seri- <coughs> serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. And the new Zero Blaster shoots smoke rings up to 12 feet with a blue LED light to light them up. You can get the Zero Blaster, a Mega Blaster, or a Mini Blaster. Get your blaster at zerotoys.com. That's zerotoys.com. Talking about the initiation of force and rejecting it uh, out of hand as a, a principle to live life by. I mean, the fact is, this is how most people live. They don't initiate force on their friends or family members. They don't initiate force on their neighbors and their coworkers. Uh, we get along with each other on a voluntary basis. That's why, that's why we're civilized, because we aren't initiating force on each other. That's what's, in my opinion, uh, part of what being civilized is all about. But nonetheless, Mark, you're asking, you're trying to punch holes in that particular viewpoint. And you asked, and let me see if I've got this straight. What about somebody who just wants to walk down the middle of the road uh, blithely, was your term? Well, ha- happens to be walking down the middle of the road uh, blithely. Um, I guess and a crossing, bus is crossing coming, the street. And a bus is coming, and you notice, and they don't, or whatever, they got iPod in or something like that. Mm-hmm. You notice, and uh, you know, you're asking, is it initiation of force to run, jump, and knock that person out of the way, thereby saving their life? It happens on TV. Sure, sure. And uh, theoretically, it it could happen in real life, so let's pretend as though it could. Uh, I think that, uh, yes, it would be an initiation of force, one that would probably be wanted by the victim in that particular case, though I would say that you're probably, uh, you as the 
rescuer or the savior here uh, would still be taking a risk in that if the person did uh, sustain some damage from your running and tackling them, perhaps they had a you know a weak bone condition or something like that you didn't know about, if they sustained some damage to the, or their head hit the pavement or something like that, you may be found responsible to uh, to cover their hospital bills. But as a good Samaritan, perhaps you understood that before you uh, well, ran up and jumped on them. And secondarily, I would say that you know in a, in a truly free market world, uh, it would probably be not uh, according to the road rules to allow people to just simply you know walk down the middle of the street. Or you were saying cross the street. Crossing the street was what I was trying to get across. If I said uh, I think they were right. in the middle of the street. I think that I you, meant- as the savior, would just simply take a risk that uh, that individual may uh, you know may want to take you to arbitration for that. I don't want. Uh, to- and if, then the arbitrator would decide as to whether or not uh, you know something was wrong with that situation or that you owed them or not. Well, um, it, and, and you know, and you could, they could have an insurance company that wants to sue you if if they're if they you know said to their insurance company, I got a broken rib, or they, um, you know, or whatever, um, whatever damage they they, um, then the insurance company could be suing you in order to get the you know recompense for that. And I don't want to live in a world where um, people are financially disincentivized from doing the right thing. Again, it would all depend on what the arbitrators decided. I mean, if uh, if you went in there and uh, the most and most people and the arbitrators would decide based on market demand. So if you went in and you were taken to arbitration over saving someone's life in that way, and the arbitrator said, "Well, you know, dude, you wouldn't be standing here if it weren't for Mark uh, rescuing you from the bus." So you know, we're not going to award you with any money. So I can't I can't predict how the marketplace would respond. To that initiating instance. force is okay in that circumstance. Again, I think that uh, most people would fi- would probably thank you for it, but you would risk possibly being taken to arbitration. As a general rule, it should be absolutely refused. But if you if you can save someone's life by pushing them out of the way of a speeding bus, I mean that's quite an. Just exception, wanted to know Mark. whether initiating an initiation of force was okay in some circumstances. That's all. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. <laughs> He's making a little stabbing motion in here, as though you've gotten me in some way. You. No, you haven't at all. All the people that uh, there just, believe in small government are, are cheering. This has nothing to do with government. This is an issue that could absolutely be handled in the marketplace, and uh, that's the way it should be handled. 800-259-9231. Julia, you're shaking your head. I didn't shake my head. Okay. All right. 800-BRING-UP-ANYTHING-259-9231. We go to Dave in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Oh, nothing much. I could have been a baseball player when I was a kid. Okay. And, um... For medical use, one time I had to take steroids, and from what my understanding was, the baseball players had to use it as medical reason. Right. You know, um, there's different kinds of steroids out there. There's um, anabolic steroids, and there's, uh, I I can't even tell you all the different kinds, but there's several different types of uh, steroids. So you may or may not have been taking anabolic steroids. Yeah. But... um, I'm sort of of the opinion, uh, when we're talking about, uh, is it Wade Boggs, is that his name? Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds, sorry. There's been a handful of guys. I'm, I, I'm no baseball expert. Uh, yeah. But as far as I'm concerned, um, all the baseball players now are benefiting from um, you know, antibiotics, for instance. Yeah. Um, whereas you know, when baseball started uh, you know, in the late 1800s or whatever, and I think they have records from back then, yeah. um, those guys didn't have antibiotics, and therefore they could have caught a cold, pneumonia, a cold, gotten pneumonia, and died. Um, yeah. So there's all kinds of medicine that has benefited 
baseball players now. Um, I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be allowed to take anabolic steroids. Uh, you know, if, well, it, if the league decides it shouldn't be allowed, then it shouldn't be allowed. But I don't think the government should step in and make these decisions for their private business. Right. You say I could have been a pro baseball player, and that's what I was going to do before my knee injury. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, most people never really make it to being a pro anything in regards to sports. Very, very slim chances that you'll ever make it past high school and college and then actually into uh, the big leagues. I didn't make it past high school because that's when I got my knee injury. Yep, and that's what happens with sports, you know. Just uh, most people do end up getting an injury, I think, from what I've seen, and it's just tough, you know. And and they don't have the money to uh, take care of those injuries. Like, um, you know, basically a, a football game has been uh, likened to being in two auto accidents every weekend. My goodness. Um, and I never liked football in, in high school. It's when dangerous I was stuff. like five, I really, really wanted to be a professional baseball player. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You also used to want to be an FBI agent. Yeah, My, how true. things change. Dave, thanks for the call, dude. Right, Thank you. 800-259-9231. Uh, we go unscreened to the amp line. Who's this? Hey, this is Matt from Illinois. How are you? Hey, hey Matt. Matt. What's on your mind? Uh, you guys are just talking about um, going to arbitration for initiating force. And Mark gave the example of you jumping in and saving somebody's life. Yeah, in front of a speeding bus or something. Okay. Yeah. When I was 18, back in 1978, for a few months, I was a volunteer fireman. Okay. And there was a EMT in the department that went out on a call, and uh, a gentleman was having a heart attack, and he initiated CPR. And the man that he was giving CPR to ended up breaking the guy's rib. Yeah, and it happens a lot when you're giving CPR. And the guy took him to court and sued him. So we already live in a society where even if you do the right thing, you're ending up in court. Yeah, I was point. afraid he was going to come after me with that point. But, uh, yeah, you just had to bring it up, didn't you? But this, is, this has actually happened in the system we have now. Now, if this had been a system where the loser pays and the guy's ribs are broken, and I'm, if I'm personally sitting there and I'm a judge or an arbitrator, I'm going to go, look, he saved your life. Yeah, you what owe did- him money. You owe me money for my time. And... Well, now, also in the case of uh, in the case of a more free market situation, you presumably would have a, you know you would have called that person to save your life. You would have an agreement and a contract that could stipulate all sorts of things in regards to that relationship. Relationship, like if you call the EMTs, then you consent to whatever they determine to uh, to give you. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there for free. The Shrine of Female listeners included with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo. To prove they listen to the show, head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See what that's all about. Barry Cooper wants you to never get busted. Jim Lark was the chairman of the Libertarian Party. Ethan Nabelman, the founder of the Drug Policy Alliance. Peter Christ is a spokesman for law enforcement against prohibition. 
And Congressman Ron Paul has called for an end to federal drug raids. They all want to end the war on drugs, and they'll all be at the Liberty Forum. Where will you be? Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And use the code 2008FTL if you want to save 10%. That's 2008FTL, all one word, to save 10% on the Liberty Forum. Looking forward to that. It's just weeks away in the very beginning of January. going to be all kinds of uh, liberty-oriented people there, and it is an amazing event. If you have yet to go, yet to attend, don't miss out this year. It's going to be exciting. All right, 800-259-9231. We go back to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Uh, some final thoughts. And, Mark, you had a question because you were talking, Matt, about a situation with a paramedic that had been called to a, um, I guess, was it a heart attack? Yeah, right. The... And, and as I pointed out, he was he was unconscious um, when when the EMT got there. So uh, somebody else had called the, uh, the EMTs and met him. Sure, and he then used, uh, he then, I guess, brought the person, resuscitated the person, and right. uh, p- broke the rib cage or, or tra- fractured a rib or something in the process, right. and then received a lawsuit from the man that that he had, whom he's, whose whom life he, whose, whose life he had saved. saved. Correct. Right. And what? How did that lawsuit turn out exactly? Uh, well, um, I to be perfectly honest with you, I really don't know, but to the best of my recollection. The lawsuit was either won by the paramedic or it was dismissed, one of the two. That would make sense. And um, just as a a side note here, um, one of the things that I remember when when I was considering becoming an EMT, which I never did, and this is one of the reasons why, um, there was a specific case that we were warned about, and this was the case of if... If you were, uh, especially for males, and most EMTs were males back then, um, probably still are, but if you were to, to come upon the scene of an accident and a female was involved, uh, they said that oftentimes or sometimes females will be concerned about their private areas and ask you to, to look to make sure that nothing was damaged down there. And they, they hmm. specifically warned you not to do that. Not to look. This was one of the specific warnings that I remember getting when I was training. Interesting. And there are so many rules and things to follow in terms of legalities that that really turned me off to becoming an EMT. Hmm. I don't know how, how many other people that have thought about doing that line of work have considered that. Well, I can tell you that uh, you know it didn't it didn't uh, check my consideration one way or the other. But uh, as a lifeguard, which I you know did for a little while. Um, you, if you were to walk past somebody who was um, having a, a heart attack or whatever, you had to administer CPR to them. You had to try to do something to save them if you were trained and, and certified to save them. And and that's the same with uh, EMT. I'm sure it is. Uh, if you're like say driving past the scene of an accident and no other uh, police or ambulance have shown up yet, or even if the police are there, no ambulance is there yet, you are required to stop and see if assistance is needed. And if they discover that you drove past the scene of the accident, you could get in trouble. Interesting. At least in this state. Yeah, I wonder how uh, I wonder how that would change with the uh, the advent of uh, more marketization of those services and getting the government out of the world of of EMTs and leaving it in the hands of private emergency responders and hospitals and you know the people that really um, that really can handle those things better. I mean, we've certainly seen that there are such private entities today. Right here in Keene, there's a private ambulance service that operates right alongside with the, the publicly funded Man, most yeah. towns, I would imagine. And again, just to be clear, this is 
this is from 30 years ago. This is what I'm remembering from 30 years yeah, ago. Yeah, if, when I if was nothing involved. else, it's probably more litigious today. Who right. knows what it, the rules are like now? It, you're right, but I'm not, I'm not exactly sure because it's been that long since I was even involved in it. Right. So. Matt, thanks for the call. As always, appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So we, we have seen that private ambulance services do exist, and they do a better job. Fact. They just do a better job than the government services do. In fact, Julia, weren't you at a city council meeting where they were talking about privatizing the city's ambulance service? Yes. What was the cost involved? Weren't they just pouring money down a hole or oh, something? Yeah, it's uh, $300,000 per year is what is um, lost in the city paying for ambulance services. And it's half private here. And I received something from the, the, the local hospital recently that was talking about its charity wing, essentially. I don't remember exactly what it was called, but they, they do have such a thing. And so clearly the good folks over at the hospital are very interested in helping people who need help and that can't afford to have these surgeries done or whatever it is the procedures are that they're getting done. Uh, so obviously that would extend out into ambulance rides for the infirmed and the elderly and the shut-ins and, you know, those people that can't afford it. I don't see how, you know, anyone would have a problem with taking this out of the government's hands. It'd be done for less, it'd be done more affordably, it'd be done more efficiently, uh, as the market were, uh, was demanding, as opposed to arbitrary government decisions. Well, I can see, I know why people would not want it. It would be the uh, the, the the people that were in charge of the firefighters themselves, because right. the firefighters do it currently um, in a lot of places, and if you didn't have them making these medical runs, then they just have to wait around for fires. For fires, which don't happen too often. Which don't happen too often, at which point people are like, eh, why do we have a fire department again? <laughs> Right. Um, well, that was brought up in the city council meeting, and they actually they had some specialist come in, right, who was supposed to be non-biased, but he totally was. And, and he basically said, well, we've looked into it, and uh, we're just going to keep things the yeah, way they are. Like They're that. good. The, the whole privatization. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't even know who brought it up or how it got brought up in the first place, but uh, they took care of that. There you go. 1-800-259-9231. You bring up anything. Ziggy in the U.K. across the pond. Ziggy. Yeah, hi, talking? guys. Hey, um, what's, what's on your mind? Uh, yeah, I'd like to ask you a question. Yes, sir. Um, if a woman wears her hair short and wears trousers, what's wrong with a man wearing his hair long? I'm wearing a skirt. I haven't the slightest idea <laughs> what would be wrong with it. I, I personally think that people should be able to dress in whatever way they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is a movement. Um, this shouldn't be confused with transvestitism, called the men's fashion freedom. Um, and it shouldn't be convi- um, confused with transvestitism. It shouldn't be confused. No. Um, okay. Transvestites try to uh, pass themselves off as girls or sort of fancy girls. There is a bunch of us who sort of took our cues, say, from Braveheart, um, and decided. Yeah, you can be a bloke and wear a dress. Well, but Bravehearts, they're not wearing dresses, they're wearing kilts. Ah, yeah, well, you know, we like to bend the rules. Okay, I just wanted to make sure that we so, were talking about the same so thing. So when you say, it's like, a bloke wearing quality. a dress, you mean you'd, you'd wear, like, a mini skirt or something with really hairy legs underneath instead of taking, like, where a transvestite might want to shave their legs in order to look more feminine? Yeah, we, you're just we, a guy we, in a we dress. Don't, we don't kid the world, but we're, we're not, <laughs> something we're not. You know, okay. we, we, we are... Um, uh, Men and we we announce ourselves as, as men, and I mean I I wear I wear a caftan every day of my life now. A what? A caftan style dress. I get them all caftan. custom made. Can you spell that? I'm having a hard time caftan. making that word out. I don't know what it is. Caftan. And what is it? Describe one. A F T A N. 
Describe one. Um, well, it's basically a dress, um, but it, it, it's specially made um, so that it, it doesn't look girly, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's broad across the shoulders. Now, yeah. um, <laughs> what, what's your girlfriend or wife think about that? I haven't got a girlfriend at the moment. <laughs> now, um, wait a minute. Is there a law against this over in the UK, or are you just saying that uh, it should be more culturally acceptable? I think it should be more culturally acceptable. I, I guess the nearest thing I could compare it to is, is the goths, you know, who, who have sort of tried to push the, the, the uh, fashion envelope. Interesting. Um, I'm fascinating. I have never heard of, uh, of such a um, movement. There is a website to visit. What Can is I that? Yeah. Uh, Defiant-angel.com. Defiance-angel.com, and the movement is called what again? Men's Fashion Freedom. Men's Fashion Freedom. I tell you what, you learn something new every night here on the show, and Ziggy, thanks for the call. Appreciate you chiming in on that. Uh, Fascinating stuff. Mark's Mark's going to the website right now, so take a look at this here in a few moments. 800-259-9231. You, as always, can bring up whatever's on your mind. Uh, More police state news on the way here as a newspaper reporter has been arrested for taking photos of a fire. We'll explain. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are for free, so enjoy those on us. And uh, if you want to help support the show, go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase so get your shopping done, whether it be holiday, gift buying, or just stuff you need for regular old life. Do it at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Do you have more debt than you can pay? You don't have to file bankruptcy, and you can pay pennies on the dollar. And your credit doesn't have to take a hit. It's 100% legal and 100% ethical program that will show you how to get out of debt in 90 minutes. Go to OutIn90.com. That's OutIn90.com. By the way, uh, we just got off the phone with Ziggy in the UK, introducing us to an interesting movement called the Men's Fashion Freedom Movement. The website he gave, either we misheard it or he gave it wrong, it was actually defiant-angel.com. Not defiance-angel, but defiant-angel. I've got another one here with pictures, which is even better. What is it? Men's Fashion Freedom dot bravehost, kind of like Braveheart, (laughs) bravehost.com. You can go to the store there and uh, see some pictures. Like men in the million skirt, uh, the million skirted man march in New yeah, York that's, City. That's some good stuff. <laughs> they, they don't look like women. I can tell you that. They look like guys in skirts. That's amazing. This one dude has uh, calves like ham hocks. <laughs> I mean, he looks like he just squat the front end of a uh, VW Bug. Now, uh, so far, I think it's important to point out that men. You know, the the website asks a question. I think uh, there's a little poll that says, "Should men have the freedom to do these things?" Well, men do have the freedom to do these things, I think, unless these things are prohibited somewhere that I don't know about. Well, I know that they're prohibited in school because there That's, was a kid who wore a dress once in school and he got suspended. It's a good point. But in regular life, yeah. outside of uh, you know the government indoctrination camp. There might be a certain amount of ostracism that goes with it, but there may you be. can do it. But as far as it being illegal, to my knowledge, nowhere in no. this country is yep. it. There is um, that... That group of people, there was actually a newspaper article about them in the Keen Sentinel. The guy who makes the kilts, and they sell for like $100 each in yeah, Virginia. Yeah, expensive kilts yeah. out there, yeah. 
And it's all about that. You can pull off a kilt a heck of a lot easier than you could pull off this uh, 10-inch miniskirt that they're making. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but only because it's... Now, wait a minute, Mark. That's only because it's traditional. Right. It's Tilt to go I back. Right? Absolutely honestly, the reason. I'm not interested in seeing a man in a miniskirt. How about... Uh, Girls, their legs look nice in miniskirts. Guys, I, e. I think things get better if you use the legs sheer energy pantyhose, which they advertise <laughs> here just below us. <laughs> <laughs> men's pantyhose. <laughs> I, I I, it's probably the right sizes yeah. for men. I don't think legs has uh, any policy that they only sell their uh, their, their, their sheer energy <laughs> pantyhose to women. So again, as I was saying, you can get away with a kilt easier because it's got a history. You can just say, "Well, I'm Irish," <laughs> or "I like kilts." But the newer, uh, you know, wearing a mini skirt or wearing a skirt or a dress or something like that, that's a little bit more new wave. And it's going to take a while for people to get used to seeing that sort of thing uh, in public. And so, yeah, of course they should have that freedom. In the same way that women should have the freedom to bear their breasts in public. I think that's, uh, you know, another issue that's tangentially that related here. That drives me nuts. And I don't even think I'm the kind of person who would who would do that mm-hmm. because I'm comfortable with clothes. But... It drives me nuts. Sometimes it's really, really hot outside in the summertime, and sure. it's just, I always thought that's not fair. You're going to be out working in the yard or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Why can't I take my shirt off? I don't understand it. It is and unfair. It's a double standard, it and it's wrong. It would be totally, completely legal for me to wear the skimpiest bikini top ever. So this is true. Just I guess because my nipples would be showing is right. the whole or I mean it's, it's the nipple thing. You could you could uh, have band-aids over the, the little round ones over uh, my nipples your and, I'd be and, fine. and you'd be fine. Well, you know, we just have to protect children from body parts. I mean, nipples, those body parts, right you know, there. children will never, never in their entire lives ever be exposed to the naked breasts of another woman. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What is the mentality there? I don't what, know. What is it with people that are just so completely uh, <laughs> afraid? Frightened and afraid of having young people exposed to nudity. I just don't get it. In fact, I got an email today that's related to this. Uh, Billy emails in. He says, on one of your shows a long time back, you were defending the rights of teenagers to hang out around town nude and said everyone should get over it, that they were only doing it to get a rise out of people. Now, the story there was from actually a nearby town here. Uh, Brattleboro, to, to Vermont. Keen. Right. But it's right across the border in Vermont uh, where they, where it is legal. No, it's for, not. <laughs> Not anymore. Didn't that expire? I thought that was a temporary law that expired. They, Sorry. They made it permanent? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awful. They did it over the... Uh, they, they just did it. Just did it. Really? Okay, so that's breaking news then. Well, until this year, it was legal for people to be naked downtown Brattleboro, and oh my goodness, we made it until 2007 without having many serious problems result, with the exception of some kids parading around naked and mostly male kids yes uh, there was a um a gentleman who was doing uh, uh a sexualized gyrating gesticular dance in the uh, park <laughs> on main street who, whom they arrested uh for you know so you can be like, naked but you can't dance naked. he was pelvically thrusting towards people as they'd walk by and things naked and uh i suspect he was the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back now uh, now uh, to me see, that's the, the problem with freedoms like this is some funny. jack balls always going to come along and screw it up for well, now hold on a second, Mark, because with private property, then the issue would be solved. <laughs> so if it were the downtown association that owned all the streets and everything, they could certainly set whatever rules they wanted to. But because we have so-called public property, 
then we have this issue where some get to decide the rules for others. But even in a world in, uh, of, of private property, of course it should be, be legal for someone to be on their own property and be completely naked. If you want to um, open up a storefront where you walk around naked in your store all day, then you should be able to do those things. I would concur and with you. If you want to stand out on your private property and thrust yourself, uh, then, <laughs> again, I think it says more, to me, it says more about the mentality of the people who get upset by actions like that than the actual people who are engaging in the actions I gotta in the tell first you, place. if I saw a man naked downtown <laughs> thrusting his pelvis, I would that would be funny to me. I'd probably point and laugh. Well, exactly, and I think there'd be an ostracism factor there. Some might take photos or video <laughs> and put it on you know, the newspaper or something like that. Uh, but he goes on with his question. Billy says, uh, so we were talking about that issue of nudity in, in public. And he says... Then, not so long ago, you spent most of your uh, a part of your show ranting about teens dressing like whores, or hoes, rather. Uh, how is it dressing slutty is so much worse than prancing around naked? And don't you think the ones dr- who dressed slutty would run around naked if it were legal? Well, first of all, according to what I understand from what goes on in Brattleboro or went on in Brattleboro, no. No. They weren't. Um, and I'm but sure there that, are plenty I think of... that's beside the point. What you were talking about was a preference issue. You prefer it. Um, women and and uh, you know teens not dress in a slutty manner, but you wouldn't outlaw it, and that's that really. is correct. And and also I think that there's an, there's a difference between dressing provocatively and having no clothes on at all. I personally don't find anything sexy. That's maybe why they is, sell lingerie, my friend. Right. Maybe this is the way I was raised, or culture. You know, it's more cultural than anything else. Would love to hear your thoughts at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But there's, in my opinion. And I'd love to hear what you guys think, too. In my opinion, there's nothing inherently sexual about nudity. I understand there are a lot of people that believe that nakedness is somehow sexual, but I can't agree. I think that certainly uh, the idea of covering up very small amounts of oneself, making people think, well, what's underneath that? That's more of a sexually oriented kind of a, uh, a behavior, in my opinion. How do you feel about that? I guess. I don't. When I think naked person, I don't think sex necessarily no being naked can be sexual but i it just depends on the situation and suggestion and would you say it is more sexually suggestive to have a girl in a very tiny like, mini skirt with a you know the a cherry logo on the back <laughs> you know the way they sell these days yeah what did walmart i think just uh, just pulled some panties off of their shelves that said what did it say who, need, who needs credit cards when you have santa right well, Which, i didn't see the santa part i just saw the who needs credit Credit cards. It when was right I was, over the crotch. When I was uh, in Florida, I, I, yeah, I was working, um, re- not retail, but I was working, and some girl came in, and I asked what grade she was in, just because I was curious about her age, and I didn't want to just come out and ask her. Mm-hmm. And she was eight, and she had a shirt on that said, no money, no honey. And wow. I mean, a little girl, eight years old, four, she, she doesn't even know what honey is. Hopefully not. <laughs> Lord. So, uh, so yeah, Mark. She was I mean, with her mother too. Do you do you see where I'm coming from on this? With the you know nudity not necessarily being sexual. I, I would concur with you that most people uh, nude is it's not sexual at all. It's just <laughs> disgusting. What about those paintings, like the Rubens? I don't know. There's all kinds of famous paintings with naked people on it. That's certainly not sexually arousing at all. Yeah, that's a great point. And and even though, I mean, Mark, I see what you're getting at, that if a, an attractive young lady, for instance, were walking down the street n- naked, that you might find that sexy. Well, but again, that's in your head more than, more so than anything else. Well, right? I can tell you that in the nudist colonies, um, everybody has to pay except the young women. Is that true? Yeah. 
interesting. Eight hundred. I think they let a lot of them will let just women in general. Some, you know, some will uh, try to encourage young women to come in with uh, free things. That that kind of thing. Makes so. sense. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But you're not supposed to stare. When you're in the nudist colony, from what I understand. Hour two is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two uh, two of the program, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. It wasn't more than a few weeks ago that we brought you a story, maybe a month or two at the most, uh, that we brought you a story out of Miami, Florida, about a reporter for a TV station down there who was arrested for standing on a public sidewalk. Now, I don't know if you were here for that show, Julia, but Mark, do you recall Oh, I recall. Yes. All right. Uh, It was pretty outrageous, pretty disgusting. There was video footage, so you could see the whole thing go down. He was standing outside of uh, Miami High School, I believe it was, and he and his cameraman were shooting some uh, some footage for a, a news package that was going to air later on the evening in the the evening news. And the cops told him to get out of the way, be um, you know, for stop filming here. To you have to go across the street because you would uh, obstruct the non-existent throng. Yeah, there, they didn't even give a reason. Uh, they just came up and said, uh, you know, we're going to have to ask you to go across the street now. And, of course, they weren't just asking. They were ordering, and then they ended up threatening, uh, you know, arresting this guy. And they, uh, the cameraman and the, the newsman did go across the street for a temporary period of time when the newsman then decided, you know what, this is absurd, this is outrageous. And he was clearly upset, and uh, he went back and forth with the cop for a little bit. And he went back across the street to uh, where the high school was and then was subsequently arrested. I believe that charges were dropped in that particular case, but that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't make up for the fact that this man wasn't able to complete his assignment, and that is to do that news package in the way that he originally had intended. He was prevented by the actions of these government police mm-hmm. from doing his job, and there was nothing at all that he was doing that was in any way harming anyone or putting anyone in any danger. As far as I'm concerned, if they drop the charges... They've committed false arrest. I mean, it, sure. it should be a serious deal for a cop to put you under arrest. They shouldn't just be able to arbitrarily put someone under arrest. Right, and, and then just let you go, and that's it. Uh, eh, no never problem. mind. Forget about it. Right. No, look, you arrested someone. You you took their freedom away, and that's not okay. Yeah, and anybody who's ever been arrested will tell you how inconvenient it is, and expensive, time-consuming, and just awful. Right, for you. But for them, it's just their job. No right. big deal. Hey, right. we they're getting paid, people all the time. They're doing eight and hitting the gate no matter what. Well, it's not over. In fact, uh, now even more uh, news media folks have been arrested, or at least one more. Uh, this one from the Morning News, NWAonline.net, Northwest Arkansas. Maumel, having lived 59 years, and this is a first-person account by the man who was arrested. Having lived 59 years, battled cancer, worn the country's uniform for 26 years, and worked proudly as a journalist, a profession I always admired, I thought I'd seen it all. That is, until Monday night, when I was arrested and charged with a criminal offense just for trying to do my job and take photos of a residential fire in Mamel. 
being arrested, searched, having my camera, reporter's notebook, and billfold confiscated, humiliated in front of friends and people I write about every week, was a difficult way to be arrested for the first time in my life. The only other time I wore a pair of handcuffs was ten years ago during a training class at the Law Enforcement Training Academy in Camden. When I was told that I was being arrested, it seemed like a dream. I knew I'd done nothing wrong, but I knew better than to argue with a state trooper who obviously had an attitude. And we've... We just see it time and time again. Right, and, and they're, they're, there's nothing, it, just nothing is done to them to stop them nope. from having this. They're not incentivized in any way. They're very rarely even slapped on the hand uh, yeah. when these issues come up. And many of these people have serious on attitude TV, problems. On TV, you would think for um, that, you know, with all the inf- internal investigations that you see in these uh, fictional cop things, mm-hmm. that, you know, cops were scared to death of doing something wrong. Not Heck so. no, that internal investigations is a rubber stamp. They know that they're immune. They know they have sovereign immunity and that uh, anything short of molesting children or murder, uh, they are pretty much untouchable. Sometimes murder. Even they, yes, even sometimes they get away with murder. Uh, But so this uh, reporter goes on. He says, although I was arrested and handcuffed, not once was I read my rights. In fact, the state police trooper now should be pointed out that there is no mandate for the police to read you your rights. They're only supposed to read them when they're going to be questioning you. So if he's not going to be doing any questioning, you can be arrested and never, uh, never read your rights. And that's all by the book. So I just want to point that out. Anyway, he says, in fact, the state police trooper told me I was being charged with obstructing governmental operations and one other offense. He says, I can't remember what the second one was. It was such an incredulous feeling to be stopped from doing my job, much less to be arrested, that it was difficult to consider what was really happening. All I was doing was what Captain Gloria Weakland, a state police troop A commander, advised me to do when I inquired via telephone months back about a fatality incident near Cabo or Cabot and uh, talked to and talked to her about covering the news. The captain told me that I was welcome at any accident or incident scene and for me to approach the trooper there and identify myself with the news media and that I would have access to do my job. So this guy didn't think there was anything wrong with what he was doing. In fact, he had done this several times in the past, as he points out later. He'd taken photos of bigger houses on fire than this one. He says, and that's all I was trying to do on Monday evening. I didn't think the trooper in Lamel had seen the press credential on my windshield, and I approached him as she suggested to let him know who I was and why I was there. That's when he said he was going to arrest me for approaching him. He told me that he saw the press sign on my windshield and that the ID around my neck, but that it didn't mean anything to him. Life has been difficult for I've me. I've noticed that, you know, I called about getting some press um, credentials, and the cop told me the same thing. Eh, it didn't matter. He says, life has been difficult uh, for me since my battle with cancer. The cancer, radiation treatments, and multiple surgeries have all left their marks on me. Thank God I'm cancer-free, but I'm not half the young man who used to run the 100-yard dash in 10.2 seconds. In fact, this past weekend has been one of the most painful in my life. The medicine that I still must take often depletes my potassium and my muscles hurt so badly it's very difficult to move. I actually have to hold on to something to pull my way in and out of my vehicle so I don't generate more pain in my legs. Mm. I use my arms and hands as much as possible to keep from using my legs to even lift me out of chairs because of the pain. Of course, being overweight makes it even more difficult. Sure, but, and and you know it, it sort of compounds itself because... He can't exercise, so he's overweight. Right. So, you know, it's it's difficult. And he's telling you all this for a reason. Uh, For the first two years of my battle with cancer, I had to take steroid shots along with the 18 different kinds of medicine to even feel like getting out of bed. A combination of the cancer's damage to my kidney, bladder, and colon and the steroids added about 100 pounds to my already large frame. Steroids will definitely do that to you. But I tell people every day that I'd rather be fat and alive than skinny and dead. 
My physician tells me some of the kidney medicine I take contributes to the retention of fluids in spite of the other medicine to help relieve that problem. The combination of medical problems and being overweight makes for a slow-moving, wide body. Walking <laughs> is a chore, and an occasional run or climbing stairs leaves me breathless. After being handcuffed and forced to stand still for more than 30 minutes, besides his Arkansas uh, State Trooper police vehicle with a unit number A54 on it, I couldn't move a muscle. When I squirmed, the trooper was yelling at me to stop resisting. Standing with my arms behind me. These people, they, they don't even act human when they're on the job. This man's clearly in pain. He clearly has, uh, has a problem. And because he squirmed around while he was supposed to be standing still, he was resisting. He was already under arrest and handcuffed at that point. It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. Just the attitude. People that are just drunk with their own power. He says, I know what resisting is, and I did nothing that could be considered that. The two tight handcuffs hurt my wrists. How many times have we heard about that? They hurt. Handcuffs hurt. Plain and, and simple. He says, I have... Yeah, they know they do. I have scratches on them that my... And, on- you know, the, the, the fact is, they could design handcuffs that don't hurt. They won't. I mean, this, <laughs> it's not that... It's the same handcuff technology that's mm-hmm. been around since I was a kid. The uh, handcuffs that my dad used in the sheriff's posse, same thing that, they're isu- that, that you can buy in the store now. Hmm. There's, there's no reason at all that they have to make painful handcuffs other than they want to punish people. Yep. Anyway, he says, I have scratches from them on my right arm where the trooper hit it while slapping the handcuffs on me. All of that and the pain of standing still for so long was unbearable. But I knew better than to complain or suffer the trooper's wrath. His demeanor was abusive, intimidating, and downright scary. Now, this is allegedly someone who will claim to be protecting and serving. And And the whole purpose of government, and this is stated, uh, according to to Mark Stevens from Adventures in Legal Land, stated in state constitutions and, and law books all over the place, the purpose of government is to protect and maintain individual rights. And clearly, the, uh, the way these police are behaving is in no way protecting and maintaining individual rights. They have no interest in, uh, in actually treating you like a human being. There's more to this guy's story and how he was treated by this, uh, this brigand, this some of these out-of-control cop- maniac. Some of these cops are absolutely out of control. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you can defend the police in this instance, I, I don't see how anyone could. Uh, and would love to hear your stories if you've got one. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. We're talking cops right now, but whatever you want goes. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are for free. Uh, We've got archives, so if you missed a moment of the show, just grab them up right from the front page of the website. There's no logging in and no membership fee. It's just free at freetalklive.com. And it is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Movies, lingerie, and marital aids. AdamEve.com has got a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk and get 50% off of one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% off. AdamEve.com slash talk. 800-259-9231. Talking about a story uh, that involves yet another example of just how far from the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, that we have fallen in this country. That the government, especially the government people, they just don't even care. I mean, the, the, this guy couldn't possibly understand what free speech is. This cop we're talking about here, this state trooper who arrested an overweight cancer patient 
uh, former cancer patient, a, a man in the news media who was trying to just take pictures of some firefighters in action fighting a, a residential fire. He'd arrived on the scene to do his job, report, and, and photograph, and this guy started just immediately yelling at him as, as he approached him. Because he had been told that when you see a state trooper, you should go and tell, tell him who you are and what organization you're with, and he'd be allowed, he thought, to, uh, to photograph and do the reporting. The, the man immediately started yelling at the, the reporter and put, placed him under arrest for interfering with governmental operations and some other charge that he doesn't even remember. Uh, then he forced him to stand for 30 minutes beside the state trooper's vehicle. He wasn't allowed to move, and when uh, he shifted around a bit because he's very overweight and sick and not good, uh, good health, uh, when he started shifting around a bit, he was yelled at for resisting. Uh, the, the handcuffs were too tight. They hurt the man's wrists. It reminds me of the Chinese prisons where the uh, where the prisoner has to sta- has to stand in a within a, a circular area and not move for mm. x amount of hours per day. It's just it's, it's punishment. Yeah. It's, it, it's punishment. It's not custody. It's punishment, and that's what the cop's job is to take him into custody, that's not to point. punish him. The punishment's supposed to come after a conviction, right? Well, anyway, he uh, this, again, from the first-person account from the actual reporter who was arrested, he talks about the trooper as being, um, his demeanor was abusive, intimidating, and downright scary. At the time, this was while he was standing there waiting, some of my friends in the Mamel Fire Department came over to check on me. Because, again, this guy's been on several different scenes and has, and has photographed fires in the past. He says, I was still 50 to 75 yards away from the minor fire, and they all wondered what was going on. They asked if they could help, and I told my publisher's son-in-law, who's a firefighter, to call him in case I needed to be bailed out of jail. The firemen later told me they couldn't believe I had been arrested for taking, attempting to take photos far away from the fire. In fact, they called the Mamel Police Department to come and check on me because they said they were worried about me. After my boss's son-in-law left, the trooper came over and asked if I was somebody special. I told him, no, I'm just a reporter. Then he wanted to know whom, to, uh, whom, excuse me. Then he wanted to know whom I asked the fireman to call, and I explained that it was my boss. He then asked which newspaper I worked for, and I tried to explain that I worked for several newspapers owned by Stevens Media. He wanted to argue with me, telling me I'd mentioned a specific newspaper earlier. Every time I tried to explain, so he's like posing as a news reporter to get some pictures of a fire. Right, uh, Like, you know, are you hiding something? Uh, every time I tried to explain, and this is typical, the trooper would interrupt me, like a trial attorney would do when they're trying to discredit you. So he didn't even want to hear the answers. He would ask him questions, and he'd start trying to answer, and then he'd, ba- you know, barrel right in and start asking questions again, and, you know, making de- declarations like he knows something. Right, just like a talk show host. I wanted to tell him that I needed to sit down, but I was afraid he'd charge me with something else, or worse. After all, he had a gun and authority of a state trooper, and I was just a journalist with a notepad and a camera. I mean, that's laying it out there for you, right? He's the man with the gun and the badge and the attitude, and you don't want to get hurt, so you obey, right? And that's really what this guy wanted at this point. That's what the uh, the trooper wanted at this point. The trooper wanted him to uh, get down on his hands and knees and lick his um, shoes. And beg. Yeah. yeah. As mad as he was, I feared for my safety. He'd roughed me up a little bit, pulling my left hand behind my back and then demanding that I let go of the camera in my right hand. I wasn't about to drop a $1,500 camera with a $400 strobe light on it. He grabbed it and yelled at me until I let it go. He took it, walked off behind me, and later placed the camera on the trunk of his vehicle. After he visited with several Mamel police officers, he came up to me and asked me, If I take these handcuffs off you, are you going to behave? I was stunned. 
from the moment he told me to turn around because I was under arrest for taking his photo, I attempted to follow his every command for fear of what he might do to me. I was handcuffed and defenseless. Not that I've tried, not that I would have tried to resist. I have too much respect for law enforcement officers to do that. And what's amazing is that even after this treatment, you'll see that his attitude is still very deferential towards law enforcement, that you know he still has some respect for the profession and all that, even after being treated like this, which I find just amazing. He says, even when I know I didn't do anything wrong. As I was handcuffed, he tried to tell me that I'd stuck the camera up in my face, inches from my nose, snapping it over and over, attempting to blind me. I tried to explain that the camera had been set on motor drive in order to capture the firefighters in action, and that I had actually only snapped it once. He wanted to argue and said that I held it down for ten seconds or longer, telling me he knew all about cameras. <laughs> Even hours I've after. heard of them camera things now. <laughs> <laughs> Even after uh, after the arrest for hours, it all seemed like a dream, a very bad dream. Uh, Mamel Police Chief Sam Williams told me I should file a complaint against the state trooper. I told him it wasn't my style because I have so much respect for all police officers and the difficult jobs they do. You know, first of all, not that I think the complaint would really do anything. I mean, we've actually... I think the complaint would be good for uh, police officers everywhere because it yeah. would take care of jerks like this. Well, it would do something. I, again, it probably wouldn't result in him being fired or anything. It would probably just be filed into his his personnel records. And that could result, if he got enough complaints, perhaps down the line in something actually happening to him. But But to stand back and not actually take any action against this thug because you have some sort of reverence for the, the, the police in general... That is something I just don't understand. I don't understand. You would that. think that this, I mean, the, the way he started the article was like, you know, he'd been shocked to his core, that he was uh, just uh, unbelievable uh, about how, it was unbelievable how he'd been treated. But here he is just backing down and saying, you know, no big deal, no problem. Anyway, even hours, uh, he says, I've worked closely with state troopers and counted many of them as friends. He then goes on to talk about how he, you know, took some photos and got published in one of their magazines. He says, after the episode, Chief Williams told me he might have yelled at me if he thought I'd overstepped my bounds, but he certainly wouldn't have arrested me for just doing my job. Standing on a public street in a city where I've covered more, much more serious fires than this one, I couldn't have believed that my First Amendment rights to cover and report the news would have been abridged. Even worse than the painful handcuffing episode, the state trooper turned me around so that I couldn't even see the firefighters in action putting out the fire. That was adding insult to injury. Now I can't even report on their outstanding efforts to save a home because I wasn't allowed to see it, and I can't report on what I, what I didn't see. So just... Another sad story from a journalist who apparently was completely oblivious. I mean, you would think that journalists would be a little bit more aware of the police abuses in society, but apparently not. I mean, this completely blindsided this man. The way the police, the police in this uh, officer in this case was treating him was a shock to the system for this guy. For us, we see this, the stories every well, single he's week. He's a local journalist. He doesn't do national stories, and he doesn't do a show that's, uh, you know, focuses on the abuse of power. True, though, but it really goes in, and points out that in most major media, these abuse of power cases usually get a back page mention mm. or just a tiny little uh, inserted story, and very little attention is brought to them until finally, you know, the, the truth hits home. And it, unfortunately, he had to learn the hard way. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
Free Talk Live. It is your show. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231, and you can bring up anything. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features are for free. And that, uh, those include the updates, so get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on that list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. How would you like to lose up to 25 pounds in just nine days without permanently changing your diet? Check out this amazing doctor-recommended product. Go to ftldiscount.com, read some real testimonials, find out how to order. That's ftldiscount.com. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. So we uh, again just told you, finished telling you a story, if you're just tuning in, about a newsman uh, who was on the scene of a fire in northern Arkansas, northwest Arkansas, Mamel. Uh, he was trying to take photos. He had press identification on, and there was a particular state trooper who was there that decided to start yelling at him and uh, getting very, very upset and threatening and uh, decided to arrest him for interfering with governmental operations or some other nonsense charge like that. Uh, the man was then forced to stand for 30 minutes straight, and this man happens to be a uh, you know former cancer patient with severe um, problems. He's got pro- health problems, and he's overweight. Uh, to top all of that off, he was just treated very poorly, um, I would say abused by this particular trooper, and it's just another tragic example of someone else in the news media who has had their right to uh, to be in the press and to report on things completely infringed upon by the government with no apologies. I mean, it, it's just happening more and more. And it's, in my opinion, it's more evidence that uh, it's just more evidence that we are in a police state in this country, and there is no respect on the, the on the behalf of the government, state, local, federal, doesn't matter. There's no respect for the First Amendment, or in many cases, much of the rest of the Bill of Rights. It's all been thrown right out the window. And if you know this isn't enough evidence for you, there's always more. We talk about these cops being out of control. I mean, it's first of all, I don't really think that there's these days anything particularly different about members of the news media as compared to regular folk i mean regular people can have a blog and they can certainly start their own youtube channel so pretty much anybody can can be part of the media today it is possible for anyone to label themselves as the media but so i don't want to make it sound like i'm putting media people on a special pedestal and saying well it's okay if the police harass regular folk but they but shouldn't we're touch the media right but they shouldn't touch the media no i don't think the police should be harassing anyone but if it was ever um it was if it was ever possible to make it crystal clear that the police could give a flip about the constitution and the bill of rights and the right to free speech then you should look to the instances of where they're just when they're on camera, when they're being videotaped, when they're being audio recorded in in front of others, just shutting down the freedom of the press, that should tell you something. That should be like a red flag going up, a klaxon going off. There's something seriously wrong with this country. Am I the only one who sees it this way? I see problems. I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I As far as... You know, destroying the Bill of Rights, it's, I don't think it's completely gone yet. But, but it's, it's not going to go. I mean, it's not going to all just bo- go up in a puff of smoke one day no. and we'll be able to say, ah, they finally did it. Right. George <laughs> Bush isn't going to come out on television and say, we've decided that Bill of Rights crap is for the birds. Just tear it up. Right. right. They're not going to do that. No. 
So it will be chipped away at, and that is what is happening. And if we don't speak out now, if we don't do something now, I mean, can you imagine back in the 19, uh, four, you know, in the 1930s or the, in uh, World War II times, they were going after the communists. You know, the very famous Pastor Martin Niemöller uh, quote, which I'm paraphrasing, first they came for the communists, then they came for fill-in-the-blank. Trade unionists? Came, something like that, yeah. And then they came for me, and by that point, there was no one left to stand up for me. And the point was, if you don't stand up when they come for the group of people that, that you might detest or that you don't care to see them carted off to some government uh, internment camp or prison or whatever, then you're going to be in trouble eventually because eventually they're going to outlaw something that you do and they're going to come after you. In this country, they're coming for the news media. I mean, it's happening now. Am I overreacting, Julia, to this? No. But you know I agree with you. Well, 800-259-9231, do you disagree? I'm getting a lot of agreement in the studio here. Do you disagree? Do you think it's okay for uh, this particular trooper to be yelling at a man who's trying to photograph a fire, the fireman doing his job, a man who has a press credential on? Could anyone possibly take the side of the state trooper? If so, we'll move you right to the front. If there are any calls holding, you'll get right to the front, because I really want to hear from someone who can defend this police state nonsense. Not only do we have uh, uh, the newspapermen getting arrested, television reporters getting arrested for not doing anything wrong, not putting anyone in danger, no jeopardy for Other anyone. Other than standing on public property and uh, filming. Right, where you or I would be able to stand and film. Uh, it's not just or them. should be. It's individuals. Uh, one of our listeners, Brian from Colorado, was arrested for video, uh, with pulling out his video cell phone and taking video of the police arresting someone. So there's plenty of people that this is happening to. It's happening all across the country. It's probably reported less often than it actually happens. There are all those instances. And then there are the other instances of uh, the government checking people's identifications at checkpoints around the southern and northern borders to this country. Of course, you've got the TSA and all of its tyranny within the airports. There's just example after example of the police state on the rise. And I, I don't want to sound like I'm an alarmist here, but this is really... Serious. This is a big deal, don't you think? Do you disagree? <laughs> Am I making too big of a deal out of this? I, you know, I don't. I, I think that uh, this is th- this is a clear violation of the First Amendment. Can you imagine how this would be different if uh, there were no government police, for instance? Well, I think that's babies in bathwater. Personally, I, I, I think that uh, you know, the it's pl- Rosemary's baby, Mark. It's okay. <laughs> that, um, uh, the police. I think the police need to be reprimanded, and they need to realize, holy crap! But who's going to reprimand them? This is the problem. I understand. No one what you're is going to reprimand the police. I understand what you're saying. If somebody steps out of line on the city council, heck, they might target him. These people have more power than anyone else. Yeah, they claim to just be following orders, but the fact is, their orders are putting our freedoms in jeopardy. And in the marketplace. First of all, this guy probably wouldn't have been there if he were some sort of private security. Uh, there would never be – you couldn't charge someone with BS in the marketplace, like interfering with governmental uh, – whatever it was it was, interfering with uh, governmental processes or something like that. Is that even – I mean, do they just make this stuff up as they go along? Of course they make it up. Either the police have made it up or some group of lawyers has made it up so the police can just cite it. It's all made up and arbitrary because no one was harmed in this instance. Well, in no specific um, circumstances, legislators, uh, which are supposed to represent us in a perfect world, and I don't believe that they do, um, legislators could come up with a law that says, look, 
you cannot drop the charges. If you make an arrest, you, um, you like, go it's, it's either it's Take either court. it's either a false arrest and the uh, and the officer gets reprimanded, possibly charged, or we're taking it to court. And if it's if it's found you know to be, how pissed the p- police unions would be about that. Yeah, I understand. They like is, their immunity. I understand, and that's I not understand going it anywhere. Would be difficult, but yeah. it's a solution. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to the phones and the fun. Jeff in Carlsboro, Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hey, Jeff. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, it strikes me. I, I rarely listen to you guys because I, I, I don't know. You're just way too liberal for me. But we're liberal. I, yeah, you're liberal, and okay. and I listen to you on one day. You, the caller calls in and you say, this is not a conspiracy show. The government wouldn't do that. These things are all made up and anybody can counter this. And then you're just wound up so tight tonight because the police did something. Well, yeah, that's what the callers are trying to tell you. <laughs> I, no, I think no. We only, we only accuse callers of being conspiracy theorists if they start pulling out nonsense about the, the well, Twin Towers and all that crap. Okay. So, you know what? I, I would beg to differ with you. I don't think it's nonsense, and and neither do most of your listeners. Or well, I don't think you've taken a poll, sir, so okay, you probably don't know. Oh, that was it, huh? Some toodles. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's too bad because I really wanted to ask him about why it is we're liberals. Can't please and, everybody. And what that means exactly. Uh, do either of you consider yourself a liberal? No, I no. wouldn't. Do you consider yourself a conservative? I would consider myself more of a conservative than I would a liberal. I don't even know what either of them mean. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number if you dial in at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, and by the way, if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, go shopping at the Free Talk Live store. Got all kinds of great Free Talk Live related merchandise, everything from a variety of t-shirts to hats uh, to hoodies, which apparently have been banned at some government schools now. Uh, I think uh, Dallas, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas school has recently banned hoodies, so no that could hoodies. be... Could get you into some trouble if you wear the Free Talk Live hoodie out and about. Uh, we also have free bumper stickers. You can find out how to get one of those. Uh, just head on over to store.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using boric acid, some kind of fire retardants. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. So uh, we just got off the phone with uh, a know-it-all who uh, told us that he knows, he knows that most of Free Talk Live's listeners are really conspiracy theorists, and that's all they want to hear about is conspiracy talk. And, well, first of all, he has no evidence of that beyond just his personal opinion. I don't think we'd still be on the air. Yeah, probably the case, uh, because they wouldn't get what they were looking for out of our show, and they'd go somewhere else. I, I would certainly say that there's a contingent out there that are conspiracy, you know, that believe in some of the conspiracies. Sure, I probably believe in some of them to some extent myself. Well, sure, but... one could say that the uh, one could say that the the, the whole uh, central bank scam is a grand conspiracy. One could say that government itself is uh, a great conspiracy. They're certainly conspiring to take our rights away, right. rights away on so, a regular basis. Uh, but, this, but there's a difference between labeling something a conspiracy and then going off into la la 
uh, land and talking about, you know, the melting temperature of steel and, you know, what happened to the, the bodies and what happened to the whatever, all the different questions and the engine parts and just all the minutia and detail about the 9-11 thing. If you want to find yourself a little 9-11 factoid show uh, debate forum, then those shows are out there and you're right. You shouldn't be listening to Free Talk Live. But to come on the air and to make accusations at us and then just drop off the line really says more about you than it does about us, sir. The idea that you come on, you call us liberals, you take one or two more shots and then you drop off. Isn't that typical of some of those people? Haven't we noticed that over time that the people that really have something to say, they like getting in and jumping right back out before we have a chance to even say anything back to them or ask them any questions? Well, I, it didn't seem like you wanted to engage in a conversation about no, it. No, certainly not. And again, that really tells you more about people, um, you know, his mentality than anything else. But Mark, just to jump back, um, I had asked you guys if either of you considered yourself liberals, and you'd answered in the negative. Then I asked if either of you considered yourself conservatives. Julia answered negative. You said you consider yourself more of a conservative than liberal. What does that mean? Well, um, if one looks at the uh, the Nolan chart, um, as it were, the uh, world's smallest political quiz, you can check it out at quiz.freetalklive.com, um, there is a liberal quadrant, a conservative quadrant, an authoritarian quadrant, and a libertarian quadrant, and then um, sort of right in the middle is centrist. Um, libertarian or liberals are uh, socially liberal and economically liberal, meaning that they um, they believe that you should be free to do what you want as long as uh, the government, we the government, can steal from you. Conservatives believe that you should be able to do what you want economically with your money, but we should be able to tell you what to do morally. Um, authoritarians believe the government can solve any problem in both those categories, and libertarians believe that uh, you know you should be more free in both of those categories. So you would voluntarily want to align yourselves with people that want to control others' morality. I am socially conservative, um, you know, from you know, for me, and I would consider, and I sort of came from the area that I I, I believe that uh, you know that where I believed that that was the case. But you know, I would say that I'm a libertarian, but. You asked me if I was conservative, and I only said that I'm more of a conservative than I am a liberal. So in what ways? What um, ways are you socially conservative? What w- ways would you like to control others? I wouldn't wear one of these man skirts that they were talking about. Yeah, but there's a difference between you, your personal behavior but and I values. But I socially conservative. Do you see? I wouldn't wear a man skirt. I see. So you're not conservative in the way that you want to impose your value system on others. Mm, not really. I you think just have to be careful by by labeling yourself I, I, with that by applying that label to yourself. That's what people I are didn't going apply to think. I said I'm more conservative than I am liberal. Okay, that's all. It's not. That's I'm not just an application you, Mark, of the term. There's a chance someone might think something about you. They, they can that term. think whatever they darn well please and call in and talk to me about it if they'd like. Sure. I was just going to say it's funny because sometimes if it comes up in conversation, somebody will call me a conservative. And then sometimes somebody will call me a liberal, so... Mm-hmm. It just depends on whatever yeah. issue is important to you. Exactly. So, uh, let's continue with the phone calls and go to Jeremy in Montana. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live, listening on KGEZ. Hello. First, I just wanted to say Merry Christmas, Ian, uh, Julian. Well, Mark. happy solstice to you, Jeremy. <laughs> or whatever. Hopefully we don't have to shoot each other on whichever one that we're going to shout out, right? I don't no. think so. Nobody's shooting anybody. <laughs> Well, they did over, I guess, somewhere in Europe or England today. They uh, someone shot someone over the, the Merry Christmas wish. I guess a group of people yelled Merry Christmas, and the other ones yelled Happy Hanukkah. Oh, jeez, are you serious? Yeah, and that's that, out that, of control, man. Yeah, it is. That I, makes baby know. Jesus cry. That kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Well, if you, you believe know, in that. Uh, it 
just the whole pain the world's going through and everything makes me cry. But I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, and I'm not good with names or dates or places anyway, but this is coming up, and hopefully one or, or both of these gentlemen are listening over the ampline that you guys have or whatever. And uh, I guess a couple of guys went into a gun show wearing Ron Paul shirts after a little Ron Paul parade or rally. Or Where something. was this, up there in Montana? No, 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 no. It was it, it, I'm getting us off the Alex Jones show. And, again, I don't like to bring other talk show hosts names and stuff like that up with you guys but anyway, that's all right so what happened now they went into a gun show two ron paul supporters what happened and, and uh well first of all i guess uh bean or bean some guy named mr bean or something like that does him and another guy do a lot of the gun shows in america and they but anyway it kind of puts some these gun show guys on a national scene and then but anyway, what happened? In... Get to the point. Well, okay, I'm working on it. I know, um, but we're short on time, so you better hurry. No, but they went. In, they went inside and paid their money to get inside. And right. I guess the owner of the gun show was right there to, uh, you know, tell them not to pass things out. And so, like 20 minutes later, they're looking at a gun in an aisle, and a deputy comes out of the corner, around the corner, and basically uh, runs these two guys. Out of there and for wearing asked, Ron Paul T-shirts. Yeah, and they, yeah, and they, he said that the they, these two gentlemen ended up asking the deputy why they were asked to left, and they pointed at this gentleman, which is some big NRA guy or something. And anyway, trying to make a long wow. story short. Yeah. And so That's pretty been, outrageous. Now, so you know for a fact that these guys weren't passing things out? Because if well, they had been asked not to pass things out and they went ahead and did that, then I totally understand them being tossed out. I, I wasn't there, but um, by listening to the two gentlemen on the Alex Jones show, and um, I believe them by listening to them, I mean... Sure. It, these things can yeah. happen, and uh, I appreciate you bringing up the story, Jeremy. Thank you for the call, 800-259-9231. You know, it is private property. Um, I hope they were given their money back. If you're ejected from the show uh, for simply what you're wearing, then you certainly deserve a refund at that point. However, if they were there handing out Ron Paul flyers when they'd specifically been asked not to do that, at that point then, as far as I'm concerned, they should not be given a refund and absolutely ejected from the premises. Uh, because... You know, that guy's there to make money, the, the gun show owner. The right. Guy I don't think that, that having Ron, people giving out Ron Paul uh, paraphernalia would affect him making money. But if that Well, no, I don't think it would affect him making money. But the fact is, if you want to hand stuff out at a gun show, you need to buy a table. You need to, to rent the table for the weekend. I know these things. I've gone to gun shows and set up tables and done, you know, political outreach, uh, an Operation Politically Homeless booth. And it would have just been bad form and wrong for me to walk around with a clipboard and, uh, you know, harass people and try to get them to take that quiz. So, you know, again, not knowing what all the facts were, not knowing if the radio show you were listening to was giving you all the facts. Um, if it's true that two guys went into a gun show and were kicked out for wearing Ron Paul shirts, it's pretty outrageous and pretty dumb on the part of the show, uh, show owner. And I can tell you, I've uh, heard things on radio shows and read articles and stuff like that and walked away with a different 
picture than exactly what happened too. Sure, you know, and like, some stuff gets lost in translate, lost in translation. Uh, some of the facts don't always make the trip over the airwaves, so you do have to be careful there. But uh, nonetheless, if the story's true, pretty sick. Also, pretty sick. Clear Channel Communications is for sale. In case you hadn't heard, it's currently a publicly owned company, but it's going to be privately owned probably sometime next year. Guess who's going to buy it? You'll never guess. Oh, boy. Oh, my. We will reveal that here in moments. Uh, hour number three is on the way. Plus, maybe we'll talk about high school security. One high schooler writes in, uh, writes at lourockwell.com, just absolutely rebutting his principal and his claims about why everyone should have an ID card. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. into your show. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. The Sakel CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Going right into the phone call. Stephen in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Yes, I wanted to talk about the tea party coming up Sunday. Uh, originally, I've, I've never donated to a presidential campaign in my life. Hmm. I hadn't either. I haven't even voted in the last five years. Hmm. And uh, uh, when I heard Alex Jones and Catherine Albrecht on the radio, uh, that was it. November 5th, I I donated a couple hundred dollars, and uh, I just put my check in the mail for $2,000. Wow. And... And I think that Ron Paul is a way uh, uh, to get the message of liberty out, unlike any time in my life. I'm, I'm 45 years old, and Ron Paul woke me up in 1988 when really? he ran as a libertarian. Hmm, interesting. And I have never seen anything like this since. Yeah, it's really unprecedented. I mean, you certainly didn't see anything like it in 1988. Um, it's it's unbelievably shocking how well the Ron Paul campaign has turned out so far, and it just it just keeps getting better. I mean, on his website right now, RonPaul2008.com, they've almost reached their twelve million dollar goal for this quarter without even having the December sixteenth money bomb placed in there. I mean, and I think most people would have guessed that they wouldn't weren't going to make that. I mean, that twelve million dollars seemed really big, pretty to lofty, me mm-hmm. in uh, on October the first. Yes, I, I've also found that uh, the mainstream talk shows on the radio, every single one I call, they heavily screen it. If you say you are a Ron Paul supporter, you won't get on. Really? I'm uh, sure that they're, uh, that they're inundated right now. I am sure that there's a lot of people that uh, are trying to get on, and they're, and they're not getting very far. I've heard them on the... Uh, Alan Combs show, which you did say uh, major talk shows. Combs is a lot more fair than most talk show hosts. He is. Mark Levin will screen you. He will, will, if you get on, you'll hear, you know, what you can tell is if you listen close, you'll hear a little bit of the person talking and then, you know, if you're you're kind of paying attention, you can tell what, what, that they're, they're cutting off the guy. Yeah. Uh, Every single Fox News, uh, uh, Fox 
uh, talk show, mm-hmm. you try to get on, they'll they'll cut you right off. Um, I, I'd like to encourage people to keep trying, though, because you can, once in a while, you can get something through. But it's yeah. You it have really to. You pretty much you have to use subterfuge. You know, you have to lie to the call screener about the real reason you're calling. No, no, I, I don't. I don't agree with that. That you have to lie. I, I tell the truth about what it is that I'm going to talk about. It's just that I, uh, I'm not going to mention Ron Paul. Right, right. You spin it into to a promotion for Ron Paul when you actually get on the air. That's a good idea. Right. That's correct, because if you do, and they recognize you're a Ron Paul supporter by your speech pattern, by uh, and not by your speech, but by your ideas, by the words you the use. Code, you know, code words. Reserve, gold, liberty. Taxes. Gold standard. Freedom. Right. Gold standard. You know, those kind of words. Yeah, they... Freedom, liberty. You know, you don't say those words to the screener. And even be careful when you say them to the show host because he's going to recognize your Ron Paul support. Right, and he's going to be on that uh, seven-second dump button very quickly. Now, I'm curious. I mean, uh, what is it? The, the how long do these call screening processes go on these other shows? Because here on Free Talk Live, it's pretty basic. It's you know your name, where you're calling from, what do you want to talk about. In some cases, you know, if uh, you know just to screen out the crankers, we do ask for a little more information, but. Each is individual. Some hyper-screen their calls. For example, I can get through to Rush Limbaugh's show consistently. I have a power dialer, and what it does is it, uh, it'll, you know, it ought, you just push the button and it automatically keeps dialing the number over and over and yeah. over, and then when you get through, it makes a noise, so but you the, don't have to sit there and hit redial. Now, the wait time has but, to be tremendous on that thing, on Rush's show, though, no, right? No, not at all. You'd be surprised uh, huh. how easy it is to get through these talk shows. It's it's really amazing, but but getting through the screener is the challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to, uh, how can I say? Um, you have to be clever. You have to you have to listen to the show. You have to see what the other people are talking about. You want to sound like one of the other callers. Uh, if they're looking for Hillary supporters it's it's hard for me to pretend i'm a hillary supporter and i'm not going to do it but i'm going to you know you have to use your brain to the best of your ability to try to think of what you can say and still you know you got to get through that don't the screeners want to know on these shows don't they pretty much want to know like everything you're going to say basically uh some of them do um uh the usual more popular ones sean hannity they you know they do screen you, but you can get through. But he'll dump you once you mention Ron Paul. I've done it. I've already been on his show. I'm sure times. he will. Each time, each time when Ron Paul was mentioned, he'll say something like "Black Hawk helicopters coming" or "What a uh, what a coward." Know, we got another conspiracy. You know things of that nature. Now, um, uh, the- Mark Levin, same thing. I I would get through his show, and when I mention Ron Paul's name. Yeah, I had somebody listening on the, on the radio, and they yeah. said that each time Ron Paul's name was mentioned, they didn't even hear me say it. So right, he was, they, you got dumped was, out. Uh, yep, that's what happens. These people dumping. are such a bunch of cowards. They're, they're so intellectually dishonest, they can't have a real conversation with somebody that actually has a, a principled opposition to their viewpoint. If it's just Democrats versus a Republicans argument, then they can go at it with them. But if you're actually coming from the viewpoint of liberty, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to talk yeah, about don't, it. Don't they? Don't they want a certain amount of people to disagree to um, be on the air with them? I mean, no, I, I know we they do. Want, they want. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think what they want is they want Hillary and uh, they want the liberals in the in the conservative argument. That way, it's not really a real argument. Mm, and right. anybody that is informed on the issues, 
uh, knows this. What well, right? But for them, it, arguing against uh, someone else's brand of statism, a liberal's brand of statism versus their so-called conservative brand of statism, that's not a problem for them because you know it's really they know those talking points yeah, uh, backwards and forwards. They, they can handle that. But when you're coming at it from a principled pro-liberty perspective. They, they, it, you know, our position is the right one. Our position is correct, and these guys, they well, must feel threatened by it. Uh, if your listeners have the ability to get on the Internet, and I hope that a majority of them do. I would say that's likely. They have to ask themselves the question, why is it that Ron Paul is so big on the Internet? He's, every poll he dominates, uh, YouTube uh, news and politics, he's top-rated on everything across the board. Yep. Uh, blogs, MySpace. Why is it Ron Paul is so big on the Internet, and yet when it comes to the mainstream media that is controlled by very few people, the mainstream media is owned by very few people, and if you don't cowtown to your boss, they're, you know, you're going to lose your job. Well, we've got some news that you're well, going to just love coming up here in a moment, and thank you for the call, Stephen. Appreciate hearing from you, and uh, of course, getting through on Free Talk Live is no challenge. It's easy. We want you to get on the air. We want you to challenge us. Uh, we want to talk to you about what you want, but... Those other show hosts, he's absolutely right. Very heavy call screening, very difficult to get through, and who knows what this is going to change, uh, because apparently, according to LewRockwell.com's blog, what would it cost to buy the support of just about every nationally syndicated neocon talk show host in America? About $19.5 billion, which is what Mitt Romney's private equi- uh, equity firm, Bain Capital, and Thomas H. Lee Partners have agreed to pay in a leveraged buyout agreement with Clear Channel Communications, the largest radio owner in the country. So the agreement is in place now. That's it's, correct. As far as, as, far as it goes, the, 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 it's already done, because the last thing you're going to want to do is... PO your uh, you know potential buyer. There's somebody out there with a contract in place. You're not going to go out and say anything wrong against no. these people. Certainly not. Clear Channel owns over 1,100 full-power AM, FM, and shortwave radio stations, 12 radio channels on XM satellite radio, and more than 30 television stations in the United States. Premier Radio Networks, which is the largest syndication company in the United States, is That's a wholly owned... Rush Limbaugh, uh, Coast to Coast. Can you think of any of the other shows? Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck, yeah. Uh, it's the largest syndicator, is also a wholly owned subsidiary of Clear Channel, and is home to Rush Limbaugh, Glenn Beck, and many others. So, uh, Sean Hannity, while not owned by Clear Channel, recently signed, uh, signed a large multi-market contract with Clear Channel as well. So, presuming this deal goes through, and there's no reason to say it won't, because Clear Channel's been looking to sell for quite a while at this point, looking to go private, uh, Mitt Romney will be the owner of Clear Channel Communications. Wow. Free Talk Live? Owned by us. <laughs> That's true. Though we are on a couple Clear Channel affiliates. I wonder if that'll change. More on the way. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. And uh, don't forget, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where the features are completely free. Live streams, broadband version of the show, dial-up version, both for free for you at freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivable receivables, excuse me. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com 
or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. As always, you can bring up anything. Uh, let's go to Julia, though, in a story out of Chicago. Apparently banning foie gras wasn't quite enough. What's the city council up to now? The city council is poised to send a message to residents. We don't want your clucking chickens. And that's cute. <laughs> Coming up for a vote Wednesday is a proposal to ban chickens. No more clucking chickens. A former barnyard... What is that word? Denizen. Denizen? I've mm-hmm. never heard of that word. Denizen is one who uh, dwells. Resides. One who resides. Yeah. <laughs> that it would is... be a denizen of my house. Okay. Yes. Or keen. <laughs> or keen, yes. <laughs> that is pecking its way into cities across the country as a part of a growing organic food trend among young professionals and other urban dwellers. Chicken lovers say the birds make great pets, but don't take up much backyard space and provide tasty, nutritious eggs. Cities including Madison, Wisconsin, and Kent, Washington have passed ordinances allowing people to keep chicken. In Ann Arbor, Michigan, a councilman says he plans to introduce a resolution to allow hens to be kept for eggs. Hens. You notice that they uh, they discriminate against roosters. That's not fair. There's a reason. Why? Why? That little bastards are loud. I see. Now, here's what I am curious about. How do you know, if I keep chickens, how does one know if I keep them for eggs? What if I just say I keep them for eggs, but I really like them because they're cute? Well, I don't think that it, I don't um, think it, I don't, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think it's good that people should be able to keep uh, uh, chickens for eggs or for whatever reason that they want. And it seems ludicrous to me that they, 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 they designate one type of animal as acceptable. Um, you know, you can have this cat or dog type of livestock, but you can't have the chicken type of livestock. No, I think if if this were an example of, for instance, a, a neighborhood that had deed restrictions and certain rules and regulations, then it would be okay. Uh, but absent any of that, then, yeah, I mean, if you want to keep a tiger in your backyard, you should be able to do that. As long I grew as you... up across the street from people that kept tigers. Really? I did. And they didn't escape and gut your father or anything like that? Uh, no. No. no they, they, okay. they did a very good job of keeping their tigers in cages. We'd go over and see them every now and then. It was right. very nice. I mean, that's what you have to be concerned with is, obviously, you want to make sure that you keep your danger. If you have dangerous animals, you need to make sure that you've, you've got them under control because if they get out, you could be responsible for the actions and damage that they do. There were cows from down the street that would get out, though. Really? Yeah. Standing on the road and stuff? Yeah, that's bad news. So what else, Julia? The Chicago alderman who proposed a Chicago ban says the chicken lovers forget that the birds attract rodents. This past summer, I started hearing that residents were letting chickens out of their yards and they were leaving poop and mice were feeding off of it. So wait, nothing else. <laughs> Hold on, nothing else uh, that runs around poops in in mice, public. Yeah, and, and mice feed on it. I don't know uh, what would attract mice and what wouldn't. I I don't have any idea. But so I mean, the fact food is, in my house attracts that, mice. There, there, there's an excellent point. There are still I could leave I could leave food on my counter and that would uh, attract mice. Well, maybe we need a governmental uh, bureaucracy to come around and check your check counters. counters. The pigeons yeah. are, the counters are, the mice are. I mean, yeah, I look. can't imagine that the, uh, the 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 rock dove poos in some way that uh, <laughs> uh, doesn't cause mice to come around, but chickens do. I could be wrong. Yeah, there were some mice. I mean, I didn't have any roosters or or anything um, at my old house down in Florida, and the mice seemed to really like to live in my palm fronds out uh, out front. The Did palm you trees. Had, you had palm mice there. 
I don't think I ever saw mice in Florida. They were <laughs> up in the. Uh, they were up. Well, maybe they're rats. I don't know. Whatever they were. I, I didn't see any in my uh, in any res in or, in or near any residence. Oh, I had a wood pile that had some in there. They were coming the into my house. Would go and bark at them. They were coming in my house though, and that's how I found out that's that they bad, were there. Bad stuff. Yeah. And well, uh, palm fronds obviously need to be illegal because we can't have this. My point being, Rodents. though, they were clearly feeding on something that wasn't rooster dung. So <laughs> these little mice are finding things to eat. Garbage, I'm sure, is something that's pretty popular. And in cities, there are certainly are a lot of um, bins and that sort of thing with rotting garbage around in them. So this is just an absurd excuse. It's like an open invitation to mice, that rotting garbage. There are also concerns about parasites the birds might carry and the possibility that they could transmit bird flu. Bird flu. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, as soon as you said parasites, I knew the bird flu scare tactic was it's, coming. It's something we should consider, he said. Many yes, neighbors. We should ban people's ability to own uh, pets that they may love and uh, you know benefit right. from uh, nutri- nutritionally because there might be just maybe somebody affected with bird flu. Right. You are allowed to own cats and dogs and some birds, uh, but not chickens. Right. right. If, a, if if you could catch bird flu from a chicken, why couldn't you catch it from a parrot? Mm. And secondly, bird flu isn't near, isn't nearly the uh, the killer in America that flu is. Yeah. If you're going to ban something, ban the dirty hairless monkeys that run around <laughs> Chicago, you know, all the all the people, all the human beings that carry uh, you know, viruses and bacteria sure. that can get me sick. I mean, my god, what kind of politician are you if you're Maybe, not banning these human beings? Well, let's not. Well, now hold on. Now let's not go too crazy, Mark. Maybe we should talk about something a little more sensible, like mandating that everyone in the city wear, ga- uh, you know, wear those little masks, those little protective masks, and and face. the paper outfit. Yeah, you could go that far if mm-hmm. you wanted to. Yeah, there Rubber you go. Gloves. That'll help. You got, got. We've got to keep people safe, Mark. It's ludicrous. Many neighbors of chicken keepers aren't happy either. This year, the city received more than 700 complaints about the chickens, though mostly the racket was from roosters. Yes. Roosters, noisy little gu- little guys, I'm afraid. We don't encourage people to keep roosters because of the noise, says Johannes Paul, one of the founders of Omelette, a British company that sells dome-shaped chicken houses. The chickens will produce eggs more happily without a rooster around anyway. I would agree with that. Yeah. That's good to know. That's uh, they actually have dome-shaped chicken houses. I mean, th- that's how popular these these There's pets have become. There's obviously a market for chickens. Certainly, they're, they're a great pet. They're they're not bad. They're, they're you know they're, they're sort of yeah they're sort of they're soothing. Um, I I can see why people would want to have chickens. Can you give chickens. us a chicken noise? Do you? you know why are you that? asking me for a chicken you noise? You grew up on the farm. I, I'm sorry, no chicken noises <laughs> for you. <laughs> Kim Jackson said her two chickens do. A little quiet talking, but that's it. Mm-hmm. She said they don't smell, largely because her and her husband regularly clean up after them. But even if they didn't, it's not nearly as bad as a dog as far as how far-reaching the smell will get, she yeah. said. And what is the allegation? I mean, I, I didn't realize that, and I don't want to be uh, you know, too focused on fecal issues, but the claim is that the mice are eating the, the dung of the, the chickens? <laughs> I, I'm sure is that, it that a, there's like a little bit of corn or something that comes out, and they're sort of they're picking it, or do they? Mice actually eat waste? things. Eat dung. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. they they manage to make it. I don't know enough about uh, chicken uh, guano. Your dog. I don't want to know about dung. chicken guano, but um, I I would imagine that there's you know if if he if he makes the claim, I wouldn't call him a liar on that. I, I just don't know anything about it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I think that the the rooster issue could certainly be handled through a sound um, complaint. You know, if people were complaining about too much noise being made, 
then that could certainly be a something to be to be dealt with in arbitration or in the courts or something like that. That would seem reasonable. Apartment owners obviously would ban that sort of thing. Um, we'll come back with more. I want to hear from you at 800-259-9231. Do you support the chicken ban? This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. We've got a lot of features on the site, and we give them all away, including the bulletin board system with over 300,000 posts, serious issues, and fun stuff. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. Movies, lingerie, and marital aids. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com slash talk and get 50% off one item. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. That's 50% at AdamEve.com talk back slash talk. We determined last week that it wasn't a backslash. That so. is correct. Uh, whenever you're dealing with a uh, an internet address, it's always a forward slash, or you can just call it a slash. That'll... Be a good way to get away with it. Um, so anyway, that's adameve.com slash talk for 50% off. 800-259-9231. Strangely, no one called in to, uh, to defend the chicken ban. I guess people out there think it's okay if uh, people are raising chickens in their house, even in cities like Chicago. You know, in Sarasota, where we're from, you couldn't have pigs. Is that true? That's true. Really? Now, what's wrong with a pig? I've known many people who have owned pigs, and they walk them like dogs, and I've heard they're really smart. Seriously? You've known a whole lot of people that have owned I've pigs? I've known enough people in my life that have had pigs as pets, sure. Wow. In Idaho. I guess, I, I mean, you didn't, did you grow up on a farm? No, definitely not. Now, that was in the city of, which I believe I lived in and you did not, is that correct? I never lived in Sarasota city limits. Okay. Um, whereas I, I do know a guy who had in the county limits, he had some hogs, which were, you know, larger and... Big and black and hairy. I've always found scary looking. Things. I've always found pigs to be interesting. Uh, I've done a little bit of research on them. They are very, very intelligent, and I always kind of liked toying with the idea of owning one. But then I did a little more research and found out those guys get big. I mean, even the pot belly pigs, which are sort of advertised like two hundred pounds, right? Right. They're sort of advertised as smaller. And all pigs. the pictures, all the pictures you ever see of them are when they're young, when they're small piglets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then they're just adorable and, uh, you know, so cute and small. Uh, but they get up to at least 150 pounds, if not, you know, much more than that. They can get and, rather obese. Yeah, they're just monsters, and I can't even imagine how much they eat as a result. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there are big dogs out there that are 150 pounds, uh, 150 pounds as well, so... If if you don't mind having a big old dog, then having a big pig wouldn't be that much. Yeah, different. I wouldn't think that that's that big of a deal. And you know, the, as far as the food goes, come on, how much can a, how much can dog food set you back? A forty pound bag or whatever. I don't know. I've I've just got Senior Grouchy pants, and he gets uh he gets you know your cat cat, cat food. He's a twenty pound cat. That's a big cat. He he consumes it pretty regularly, but <laughs> I I do not consider it in any way, shape, or form a uh, crimp on my lifestyle. Have you ever considered cutting back? I mean, because he's just your cat. Mark has this flab that sort of flaps around yeah, when he, he walks. He's, 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 he has skirt. his own little man skirt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, because Senor doesn't really have anything personality-wise going for no, him. No, and he's not really that 
uniquely cute. He's just a tuxedo cat. So yeah, him. and he's, he's not he's not nice. He's not cuddly. He's not really anything. What he's got is damn, that's a big cat. You know, yeah. and and, and <laughs> that's his thing. We've deprived him. I didn't deprive him. He he came deprived to me. He was a year old of uh you know front digits and uh, uh you know uh, testes. So what in the world? I mean, what else can I take from him? Right? <laughs> what he, what he's got in life is dry, crunchy cat food <laughs> and some catnip now and then. I'm not going to take that away from him. I got you. Know, he's he's happy with life the way it is. He doesn't have the foreknowledge like you or I would. If um, if we were obese, we'd say, "Oh my God, I'm obese. I'm I'm not getting girls. I'm I'm going to die young. Right. Uh, you know, whatever it is." He By the know. way, being obese did not stop uh, Torgo from getting girls. But uh, you know, it he doesn't have that kind of thought. He he doesn't like other animals. Doesn't mm-hmm. like uh, you know doesn't like female cats any more than he likes male cats. So he's not mm-hmm. doesn't feel like he's missing out there. No, he's he's better off just obese. <laughs> that makes sense. He's happy. That's mm-hmm. what's important, right? 1-800-259-9231. We go to Max Raskin from LewRockwell.com. Now, Max is a high school student in a government high school in New Jersey. And he's, uh, I think, a little bit of av- maybe a little higher intelligence than your average government high school student. He writes an essay about uh, a recent policy change at the school. He says, usually when my school foists tyrannical measures onto the student body, a mere we-say-so will suffice. Right. But for once, my principal has made the arduous trek out into the realm of rational discourse, a strange and foreign land to be uh, for a bureaucrat, so that he can lay out the case for compulsory identification. Though a personal attack on the intelligence of Air Principal Schuffer would be more in, uh, infinitely more entertaining, I was so proud that his page-long letter contained only a few egregious errors that I won't engage in any ad hominems. He obviously put a great deal of time into crafting such ludicrous arguments, so I may as well reciprocate by vitiating every one of them. People will, say, uh, people will then see that instead of grounding his decision in rational thought and big boy arguments, my principal... <laughs> yeah, he's getting owned by a high school student. That's great. My principal has acted as an infant, pining for what he wants with what amounts to emotional conniptions. There is no logic to support his case. Like any despot, his power rests solely on the threat of punishing students who disobey him. The first question usually asked of the student carping about the ID, so again, they're going to mandate that kids have some sort of identification that they're carrying along with them, perhaps around their neck, perhaps in their wallet at all times. Uh, the first question usually asked is, well, who cares? The person who asks this question is shifting the burden of proof. But given the sort of brute who would ask this question, such an answer will not do. So I'll put forward the case against compulsory identification. Being labeled with a number is a form of degradation, wherein the individual is relegated to an animal who must summarily submit himself to the will of his authority. His his individuality is reduced to six digits. Our country was founded on the principle that people should be allowed to live freely, provided they do, uh, do nothing to harm others. If one believes that public schools have a right to exist, and they don't, this means that students should be allowed to do as they choose, providing they do nothing to harm the rights of other students. So, for instance... Which is, you know, is a policy that's not only going to, um, not the way things work, but it's not going to work. I think it's an example. He says, so, for instance, uh, bringing a bullhorn to class is unacceptable, whereas not wearing an ID tag certainly harms no one. And what should get people worried about this measure about is... coming to school naked? Is that in? Uh, is that is, is it is indicative of the direction our country is headed? What sorts of countries have forced people to identify themselves? Totalitarian Not ones. Not good ones. I can tell you that. The Nazis were meticulous record keepers. They had tabs on every individual in society and thus could carry out their insidious program. We should not forget that the Jews of Germany were forced to identify themselves with papers and an ID tag of sorts. 
Oh God, surely you're not comparing your situation to those of the Jews of Germany, are you? Well, people always question why the Jews went like sh uh, sheep to the slaughter. It's because people unfailingly assented to the government and its plans. Right. Uh, a police and, and if they, um, if if they. Uh, you know, spoke out and said, I don't want to do this. Somebody said, well, what do you have to worry about? I'm sure that the, the, the Jews uh, likened it to the uh, the Spanish Inquisition. And, that, and people went, oh, my God, I can't believe you're comparing this to the mm -hmm. Spanish Inquisition. Yep. He says a, poli a police state doesn't occur overnight, and those objecting to the Nazi Germany analogy need only understand that by the time the situation gets bad enough to actually compare Bush with Hitler accurately... It will be too late. Better we get to work now while we still live in relative freedom. But to further the analogy, what of the students who have Jewish last names? Is that not a form of identifying them as such? And branding people with numbers as a form of dehumanization was a favorite tool at the Nazi death camps. But to further, um, oh, excuse me, uh, comparing this move to those of the Nazis is extreme, to say the least, but we have to remember that it's only extreme in degree. The principle employed by both authorities is the same. In order to live in a more secure, virtuous society, we should put our trust in government. And this is why I loathe the ID cards so much. They represent a collectivist mentality. These lofty goals of security and efficiency are placed above the rights of the individual. So the case against the ID cards becomes simple. I don't want to wear one, and I shouldn't have wear to. Wear one? Wear it? Probably on, around wait. the neck or something like that, I, I would imagine. Now, I, I, we had a student ID when I was in school, but... We I, kept it in our wallet. I, I usually got it. I never it. had one. Yeah, I, I usually got it. And it was optional. It. Yeah, I, I, I got it after, uh, you know, you took the pictures, you know, school school picture it, day. It would show yeah, up. It cost, like, money, and you would get, like, a discount on the school dances mm -hmm. or something like that. It had a purpose. Well, and it, it was, was optional. I think it was to show me. that. I think it was to show that uh, you could, like, at movie theaters or something. Yeah, that you were yeah. A student. yeah, that kind of thing. Um, but I didn't. I, I, I summarily lost mine. I think every time. So, I, <laughs> you know, I, the only time I ever wore a tag on my shirt was when I when I was in prison. Well, again, you know, uh, we're all out of high, government high school, and, and it continues to get worse year after year. So he says, I don't want to wear one, and I shouldn't have to if it doesn't harm anyone else. And then he proceeds to uh, dis just destroy the principal's arguments here in moments. We'll uh, talk to you about whatever you want as well. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. We only have a few moments remaining. Might be able to slip your call in at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then go to AMP, the show at amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And we'll use your three bucks a month to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country so more people can be exposed to the message of freedom and liberty. So go to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn more about the program there. And you need to know that sound money is under attack. The Liberty Dollar offices were raided by the FBI and Secret Service on November 14th, and all of its precious metals, computers, and records were seized. Your help is urgently needed. Go to LibertyDollar.org and sign up for their updates and register for the class action lawsuit. Don't let the government steal your money and destroy the Liberty Dollar. That's LibertyDollar.org. Uh, back to government school. New Jersey student at a government school is just tearing up his principal. They uh, apparently had sent out 
some sort of paperwork to the parents alerting them that uh, all children at the school will be required to wear identification at all times. That's just weird. When on school grounds. Uh, I'm going to have to truncate this a little bit because it's a little longer than I thought it was, but uh, you can get the full article at lourockwell.com and we'll post the link on the BBS later tonight. But he says, as I mentioned earlier, a police state takes time to develop. As, this is one of the students writing this, by the way. As principal, as the principal notes, wearing the ID cards is simply the next step in the process of making the school a safer place. Now, that presumes that there are going to be more steps after this, right? Uh, the first step was for teachers to wear ID. Then they required visitors to buzz in, sign in, and wear a name tag to Jeez, enter the school. it sounds like a prison. It sure does. School <laughs> was like a prison when I was there. The obvious question is, how will these minor inconveniences deter a person intent on shooting up a school? Either the security threat will be a student, in which case having an ID will actually help him, as he'll have total access to the building, or the threat will be a psychotic adult bent on murder. Do we really think for one second that this sociopath will feel any compunction lying to get into the building, forging a fake ID, or stealing and buying one from a student? His entire or slitting the student's throat. Yeah. Sure. I mean, the, the taking a Tommy gun and just walking into the building. See, like, this is the thing: is you you really put the students in danger with the ID tag. Yep. Well, you're really just creating obedience. That's what you're really doing. And he says his entire argument is predicated on this one tepid assertion. Quote, this is again a quote from the principal. With all the student and staff wearing IDs, we will know immediately if an unauthorized... And by the way, it was student. He didn't pluralize that as he should have. Uh, Wearing IDs, we will know immediately if an unauthorized person is in our school. Well, how is that? If someone sneaks into the building early in the morning with the students, how will the administration know? Are there going to be secret student police going around constantly checking people for IDs? They're called hall monitors, Ian. <laughs> what if I've a, never had any hall monitors in high school. What if we a, did. St- wow, I didn't either. Uh, what if a student's ID is covered by his sweatshirt? Will he be tased? The problem is you can never know immediately unless the actions of every student are constantly monitored. Right, but and it I, I takes a, coming. It, it takes a little while. Even if somebody says, "Oh, I see somebody without an ID," I better tell somebody. Then they have to tell the minutes. You know, and, yeah, minutes. And, 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 and then they, you come back; they're not there. It, what if the author, unauthorized person lies to get in? It doesn't take a criminal psychologist to know that a bad person will lie to achieve his ends, and merely knowing that a criminal's in the building means nothing. Because response time can't be immediate, there's still going to be great risk even if you know the person's in the building. So, why not post armed guards in every classroom? But no matter. We have installed security cameras, says the principal. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you can videotape the slaughter. Right. But if I'm not mistaken, were there not security cameras at Columbine? If anything, I would argue those images gave fame to, two de- the, to the two deranged students and offer an incentive for future students wanting to become famous on TV. What cameras are effective at is putting the students under the watchful eye of Big Brother. But who cares? Big Brother's just there for our safety, and the videos will never be used for anything except catching the bad guys, right? No tyranny ever proclaims that we want to trespass on your liberties so we can control the citizenry. No, it's always placed uh, put, put as, you need to give up some of your freedoms to be safe, citizens. We can make you safe. Is that not worth the minor inconvenience of cameras everywhere? And we swear we won't abuse our power. The bottom line is these ID cards will do nothing to prevent any terrorism or lone gunman scenarios. If anything, they could help identify students as possible shooters and give student shooters the all-access pass they need. Far from making the school safer, these IDs actually detract from the security of the building. But the final argument that he makes is that college students, vocational school students, and presumably our parents are forced to wear ID tags in the real world. But no parent or college student is forced to attend his job or school. 
Unlike the government, businesses and colleges have the right to compel people to follow, um, excuse me, have no right uh, to compel people to follow their rules. As private property owners, they have the right to make whatever silly rules they want. But do not mistake the public school system for a private institution because its patrons are coerced through compulsory attendance laws and its profits extorted through taxation. As long as the public school system exists, it must follow different rules than a private institution. We ought to err on the side of more freedom and not less, as students and parents are thrust into this arena with no choice. We must recognize it's the student who is the victim, and he should not be aggressed against any further. If a private school wants to have ID tags, I have no objection. If they want to make the wearing of pink leotards compulsory, those committed to the idea of private property must not object. A person can choose not to attend private school. They have competition. A person must attend public school. His money has been stolen for this purpose, and he is thus coerced into doing so. But am I going to do anything about it? Practical civil disobedience? Of course not. As I mentioned earlier, I simply wanted to point out that this decision stands purely on brute force. It's immoral and unconscionable. And as George Washington so forcefully asserted, government is not reason. It is not eloquence. It is force. He goes on to say that uh, I once don't, I don't advocate breaking the law. My retort to Thoreau's, under a government which imprisons any unjustly, the true place for a just man is also a prison. Is one that uh, is that one cannot do much for liberty stuck in a cell with a 300-pound felon who goes by the name Alice. That said, though, Max, you're not going to get thrown into a prison cell for not wearing your ID at school. They're just going to suspend you or something like that. And I absolutely am in favor of civil disobedience and violating bad laws. I think that uh, it is, uh, I think it is mandatory as someone who cares about liberty that uh, bad laws should be disobeyed. But let's go to the phones and see what you think. Bring up whatever. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Let's talk to Tim in Monterey, listening on KSCO. Hello, Tim. What's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, boy, I hung in there. You guys went through a lot of subjects before I got to got to you. But uh, actually, the first thing I called was about chickens. Do tell. Do tell. Well, um, you know, I've raised chickens in my backyard, and what they're really attracted to is not the, the feces of of chickens, as you the stated, mice. but but the uh, but the uh, grain that you feed the chickens. Ah, okay. Oh, they're all over that, man. They're like eating eating that stuff, and it's totally, you know, it's totally normal that they'd want to eat grain like anybody else. We're all grain eaters, right? Sure. So in a city situation, in a a situation like in Chicago, um, these people are probably feeding their chickens indoors, don't you think? Well, probably, or, you know, I've seen seen them just any place you put them. The best thing for them is a twenty two. You know, and just get out there and you like take pot shots out at the rats. Oh, for the mice. After the feed, yeah, right? I don't think right. that's going to pass too much muster in uh, in Chicago, but uh, I do yeah, no, like that. Much. I get your point. Probably not, but uh, that that's what they're eating anyway. The second thing that I wanted to mention, if I may, yeah, you is, may. Uh, uh, I think you guys had some really compelling points about totalitarianism, and and really, I think probably the the best uh, book that I've ever written on it was the book called Totalitarian. By Hannah Arendt. It was right after World War II, and she talked about uh, uh, the um, not only the Stalinists but the, the fascists and the Nazis. Hmm. And one of the, the first opening line of the book is, "What normal people don't realize that is anything is possible." Yeah, yeah, even here. I mean, a lot of Americans sort of have blinders here. on, and they say, well, it can't happen here. Well, yes, it can, and it is happening here, and the principles are the same. It doesn't matter what country it happens in. The principles of totalitarian dictatorships and you know, uh, rule over others by force are always the same, no matter what just, year or what country you live in. Exactly. Just because you're born on American soil doesn't mean you're inherently good. 
that much is the case. Especially just because you run for office on, in America uh, certainly doesn't mean that you're good. In fact, I'd say odds are it means you're a bad guy and you're someone in search of power and uh, should be distrusted and sus- uh, suspected. Yeah, so we sh- we we just have to be we just have to watch out and and uh, keep our you know watch watch each other's back and uh, you know, take care of our chickens and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great call, Tim. Thanks for making it, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Just enough time for Kyle in Ohio. Kyle, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, Kyle. I got a quick story. I know we're running out of time here. Um, minute and a half. I went to a high school just south of Cleveland in uh, Strongsville in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's a teacher, he was actually one of my economics teachers last year, who was charged with a statutory rape charge with a 16-year-old. And basically they put him on suspension today, and he's out, and it's basically come down to there's been an an investigation, and the guy is, I mean, everything's been proven. They basically have all the evidence to put him where, where everybody said that he's been and having done everything that everybody said that he's done. And I mean, he. I think he's married with like three kids, and his wife's filing for divorce. And oh, he's it's so fired, sad. And he's going for jail time. You know, it may have been a mistake. He may have uh, it certainly probably wasn't the smartest thing for the guy to do. But putting oh, him in a jail not, cell yeah. is not going to improve his life and improve his relations with his child or his or his wife in any way. Uh, help this guy out. And again, the statutory rape charge acts as though sixteen-year-old girls can't make decisions sexually. And Julia, you can. I'm sure. Yes, they <laughs> counter can. that. More on the way tomorrow yeah. night. Thanks for the call, Kyle. We'll see you then online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.